Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Summer's Voice. Today I am joined with a special guest, a fellow podcaster, Hafsa. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Hafsa from the Abwan Chronicles podcast. Check it yes. out. Yes, yes, check it out. Where can they find you? They can find us on SoundCloud, they can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast platforms. Okay, and it's a podcast with you and your friends, that's right? Yep, so basically um, it's a podcast that was set up by myself, my sister, and a couple of our friends. Um, what we have in common is that we're all Somali girls who spent a good portion of our lives abroad in the Emirates. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a lot about, it's, a, it's about our um, experiences as... Um, black Somali Muslim women and -hmm. being third culture kids and being a part of this globalizing this uh, this global world yeah Um, and yeah our experience is being you know Somali Canadians living around the world are you all Somali Canadians no most of us are four out of five one one of the girls is um, Swedish Canadian Swedish Somali okay that's that's so cool but how do you guys meet like in the Emirates, man, like it's such a small world over there. Like that's so true. It's actually <laughs> such a small world. You will know every single, especially if you're from like abroad as well. Yeah. Like you will know every single person from your ethnic group. That's so true. Straight up. That's so true. Yeah. When do you guys start? Um, we started Wallahi. I think this is our second year anniversary coming up. Mashallah. So this month is our second year Ooh, anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, consistency is key, folks. <laughs> consistency is key. That's We're so true. It. That's so true. It took true. us a long time. We're not even gonna lie. We're not even. We're not super consistent. Like, yeah. We'll release approximately once a month. Okay. But, um, yeah. I mean, that works since you guys are all over the world, literally. Well, I had to struggle. Like, our biggest problem is that, you know, it's so much easier if you're all sitting in a room and recording. Yeah. And then you take that clip and you edit it. I will tell you right now, recording a, a, a single clip is way easier than taking audio from different parts of the world, layering it, editing oh it, going through all that hassle, time zones, making sure people are recording in, like, quiet spaces, making sure there's no, like background it's yeah, just that's ugh. dedication though it's work but we love it so yeah we love doing it because we're all big mouths <laughs> it's a good place to get it all out isn't yeah. it that's so good okay so why did you like decide to start it like was it your idea was it your friends did someone approach you so um hmm um to be honest when we started it there weren't a lot of black muslim voices out there mm-hmm. like our idea was you know there wasn't that much representation in terms of we didn't know that many people who were uh, on social media or the internet yeah. or youtube or podcasts in general that were kind of talking for us yeah and we wanted to do that that was the most important thing for us and um that was back two years ago now alhamdulillah like there's so everybody and their grandmother yeah everybody literally. and their grandmother <laughs> is on uh, YouTube or, or is podcasting so I just I just love that I love that whole community right now that's grown from it yeah and it's amazing I think but I think the the main reason we went for podcasting rather than um YouTube or any of that because we started a little before we were talking about this before we all spread out around the world but um the main reason we wanted to do that was because there's a little bit of anonymity associated with podcasting yeah, whereas YouTube you're sure. just out there you're completely out there your everybody face, knows you Everybody thinks they know you, you Exactly, know? and you're so much, like, it's so much more easily accessible when yeah. it comes to YouTube. Podcasting, when we were doing it, nobody really knew what it was. So we're like, oh, it's like radio. Like, you know, you just talk, yeah. and you know, your voice is recorded. And, like, some people would make the effort to listen to it and thought it was cool. Some people were like, that sounds so dumb. Yeah. But when it comes to YouTube, like, oh, my God, like, it's so easy. Like, that's literally what everybody does. That's, that's the number one means of entertainment. 
So we just love the anonymity associated with it. And that's actually why I started it as well. That's like, I've always been really interested in like, like social media is where it's at nowadays. Like that's where people are making their money. That's where people are doing their hobbies. That's how you do your marketing, your advertising for everything. So I feel like it's obviously there's pros and cons to everything, but I love how, you know, podcasts and radio shows, there's that um, element of, you know, you're listening purely for the content mm. and not because this person is looks like this and looks like that and da-da-da, you know? Like, it's purely, purely just like you're listening because you want to listen. And you yeah. have to go out of your way to do it. Like, those yeah. are the OGs that will go and listen to you on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Not even, to be honest, though, like, it's not even that out of your way. Like, who doesn't have a Spotify account or That's an so iTunes true. account? Or who but you know have- what? I only found out recently, like, when I started this, like, podcast, is that you can actually listen to podcasts on Spotify. And I found out... I'm telling you... What rock have you been under? I just want to know. I'm telling you, all the podcasts I listened to were on the podcast app. And I always used to be like, huh, there's not that, like... But I prefer... I talk about the Apple Podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Team Android now, but when I had an when I had an um, iPhone, I preferred the podcast app um, for podcasts rather than Spotify. I'm not gonna lie. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I find the the layout and the, and all of that like I like separating mm-hmm. because Spotify was for my music. Yeah. Podcast was, was a for, podcast app was for my podcast. Like yeah. it's two separate entities. But I guess like there's a whole comfort with having everything in one place. Yeah, you know? definitely. But mm-hmm. I do feel like the Apple Podcast um app is really confusing like for me i find like when i'm looking through like episodes or i'm looking for episodes all kind of jumbled up i know i feel like it's just something you you just get used to it's like any other app yeah, possibly. Yeah. but i i'm just a spotify person <laughs> like when i found podcasts on spotify i was like oh my god but you know the problem <laughs> is is that like um there's a lot of podcasts that are not on spotify just yet especially the the smaller ones that are like on mm. soundcloud and stuff that are not as big like okay you can find oprah super soul on on oh, spotify so you can't but you won't. put spotify well now you can oh, okay now you can back but in the day. it's back in the day you couldn't and it just recently got sorted out that way okay yeah now you guys were struggling though Why? it was a hustle <laughs> it was man it's it's a it's a huge learning curve it's a huge yeah, learning curve yeah. but once you get into ugh, i love it so much i tell my friends all the time if i could quit my full-time job and podcast full-time i'd do it in a heartbeat do people do it you know, I don't. Mm, is anyone making like I know people make money out of it, but like I feel like pod, money, money. I feel like podcasting is always a side hustle. Like it's yeah. it's not it's not the number one means. Yeah. For your income, it's always like you podcast and you do something else. Like so, you podcast mm. and then your podcasting gives you a platform, and then all of a sudden you're on television, or all of a sudden you have your own radio show, or all of a yeah. sudden you have like a newspaper or or a magazine or a website or whatever. Like it's never just just the podcasting. I feel like it's like a launch yeah but i feel like it also puts you out there like like you said like you could get your own radio show for it from it you know yeah but the question is do you want to (laughs) there's something about the autonomy and like living your best life that's and doing your own thing like it's just so much fun which is why like there's so many things that you do so many hobbies that you have that are so much fun when you're doing it. Like reading, for instance. I love reading. Mm. Science fiction, fantasy is my shit. Like, I love that stuff so much. <laughs> and, like, I've always been a bookworm since I was, like, five or six. We used to live right behind a library. My second home. My parents oh, that's got, so it cute. It took a degree that my parents were like, we need to take these books away from this girl. <laughs> but, if you, but I didn't study English lit in uni. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I wish I did, but I know that if I had, it would have ruined books for me. Because making you're making something that you love into work. 
we're oh. not enjoying it anymore. So I don't know if um if if podcasting if I did it a thousand percent full time or if I had a radio show or like it made my bills and like I honestly don't know if I'd enjoy it as much yeah. as kind of like I don't know. God only knows, but no, I feel that though. Yeah. I definitely feel that when you turn something into work, it automatically becomes like. It's work. a whole other thing, yeah. yeah. Which is why I never get people who say, you know, make sure you like your your job. Should you should love it so much? Like it would be fun, and I'm like, work is never fun. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Work is never fun. Like it's it's something you have to do, something that you get fulfillment from. But fun? That's I don't think that's the word. I for don't it. think it can be fun. Like I I'm I say psychology, right? Mm-hmm. And I've worked a little bit here and there, uh, but I'm doing my masters obviously now. But psychology, like oh my god, I loved it. Like. It was a passion of mine. It still is a passion of mine. But it's a whole different world when you're working in it. You're going every day and you're listening to people's problems. It's emotionally draining. Yeah. And as much as I love it and as much as like it's satisfying seeing helping people and seeing people get better and all that, it's still work. It's still hard. It's still like some days you're like, no, I don't want to listen to anyone anymore, oh you God. know? So I feel that 100%, like, keep your hobbies, hobbies. You know what's so important (laughs) to have hobbies? Like, I know so many people who school or work is their life, and that makes me so sad. Mm -hmm. Like, to be unable to have that work-life balance and to understand that, you know what, you need to have different things in life that you enjoy. Like, if my life was work, I would actually cry. I'm pretty sure I'd be suicidal because that's just too much. That's just way too, like you said, emotionally draining. Like, to have to just deal with work. Work is your 12 hours a day. Mm. Your Every waking moment, you think about that. Like, I think it's so important to have hobbies, to have things that you do for fun, to go out here and, like, meet people. Like, I remember graduating from uni and some people were like, because I went to med school, right? Yeah. And graduating from uni, I remember, like, at our graduation, one girl was telling me, oh, my God, have to, like, medicines my whole life. And I just, I had nothing to say to her. <laughs> I had absolutely nothing to say to her. Cause I, mean, I, I genuinely pitied her because I felt so bad that, like, you had a six-year university experience. And all you took from that was medicine. Like, yeah. not even the different people. And we went to, like, we, we, I studied in a huge campus. So yeah. Like, um, people that had that came from different backgrounds and different majors and every single college you could imagine it's one of the biggest schools in that area and alhamdulillah like i had that i took full like advantage of that like i made sure i was in different clubs i made sure that i met different people that i i was part of societies that i like took part in different activities like i like st- i'm not gonna lie sometimes i took it a little bit too far like there's yeah. a certain semester that I, the entire semester i wasn't on campus yeah. <laughs> but, but um i mean like, i relate <laughs> But I mean, like, it's so important to, you know what, to enjoy life and to take care of your mental health and your mental yeah. well-being. And part of that is having a good balance in life. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like, yeah. I think it was halfway into uni. Oh, my God. The first couple of years, I hated uni. Like, I was studying in the UAE. Mm-hmm. And it was it's the United Arab Emirates University. So it's like, um, it was very, very different from my my high school because my p- high school was a private school, so it was like all different nationalities. And when I went to uni, it's a governmental university, so it's mostly in Arabic. Like it was a whole different world, you mm-hmm. know. So I I was trying to find like some outlet. Like I, I can't. I, I'm so bored, you know. And I really enjoyed writing, so I was like, yo, I'm gonna start a blog. So I started a blog and like. I don't know, most people don't know that I had a blog, but if you're listening and know yeah, I have my blog, what's it called? 
Oh my god, it was so cringe. The name. I just remembered it. What was it? What was it? I need to hear this. I need to hear this. What was it? It was called Modest Maniac. That's just, cute. Oh my god. Oh my god, you're such a hater. That's so cute. I hate it. Anyways, I don't even know if it's still up. We're gonna look for it later. Oh my god. Please don't. I'm definitely um, yeah, so I started a blog and it was you know an outlet just to write I was, I was talking about just random things and sometimes I'll talk about makeup sometimes I'll talk about fashion sometimes I'll talk about you know um what was going on in Gaza you know like I, I was kind of like whatever I wanted to talk about and I definitely 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 found those people that were just like to me like somebody like why are you doing like that's weird, you know. Like, why are you doing that? Like, question. Oh my like, god! Like, I'm so sorry. People that still use the word weird, mm. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Are you not a grown person? Like, that's only allowed when you're a child <laughs> and you don't understand the concept of different is cool. Exactly. Like, that's the only like the, num the number one reason bullying exists is because people are too stupid to understand that people that are different are interesting. That's how you have fun. Yeah. Like that's so the number one source of. Like, oh my god, like, what did I used to do that people found so weird? I used to do, you know, Comic Con? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do cosplay. Okay. I love um, that shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's just so much fun. I need to do it now here, but whatever. Who, I need to find a time to do it. But, anyways, um, I used to do a lot of cosplay and, like, go to Comic Con and oh, Middle East, the Middle East film um, and Comic Con was so much fun. The Dubai one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh I my god. Every so year. <laughs> it was so much fun. Like, it, it was like a whole community of, like, yeah. and I love them. <laughs> But um, people that say stuff like, oh, that's weird. Oh, my God, you're different. Like, I'm so sorry. Are we about to have a witch hunt? Like, what's going on? Like, is this 1700s where you're going to burn me at the stake? Like, what the hell? Like, uh, like you're weird? You're, you're, that's bit, like, stop it. You're, you're putting people off. Like, who talks like that at their big, big exactly. age? At your big, big age. Like, I definitely, definitely had, quote, unquote, friends who would, like, joke about it. Like, oh my god they'll never forget this and they probably don't even remember this happening yeah. and they're people that i'm not like friends with like that anymore but um they would literally be like oh yeah look so it has a blog haha <laughs> and they would like screenshot it and make a joke out of it and so i'll take weird. it and they take it as like banter and like for me i'm taking it personal and i'm like this is something like i'm actually passionate about and like you guys who are quote-unquote my friends are like making you know fun of me having a blog is even that off like so many people do exactly. that like, it's so it, it's like so it's it's not even something that that that, that that's that outrageous that's what yeah. kills me but you know what people don't understand like what you're doing yeah if they don't get it if they think that you know that's a odd way to spend your time they don't have to um tell you like make fun they can literally just be that supportive friend be like oh you know i don't get it but cool do you yeah you know like why i don't understand people can't be like that like i genuinely don't get it exactly like even with my podcast and i'm sure you got this too yeah. like I have, like it's freaking 2019 you know i'm starting my past podcast in 2019 it's not weird nothing is weird nowadays to yeah. be on social media to be out there. It's nothing is weird if anything it's it's how to get yourself out there it's how to you know it's it's a freaking hustle i know so for you to be like to me like oh like what are you doing like don't you have masters to do don't you have friends to go out with don't you? i'm like yeah i have all of that and i can still have a hobby and what like just because you don't it's kind of weird, you know, but you know, can I tell you something? Like, I think it's something you grow out of because if you had come to me four years ago and told me, Hafsa, you're going to have like internet friends. Yeah. I would have been like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I only got into like 
into like twitter and all of that like three four years ago yeah. because before that like my twitter account was only for celebrities like following celebrities mm-hmm. keanu is a cutie <laughs> but um like that that's literally why i had my twitter account like yeah. it was for nothing and then back then like that's when i started like when we started podcasting and stuff and then i was like you know what let me just look into this a bit more i somehow got into somali twitter because i'm somali <laughs> and oh my god my mind is was completely blown <laughs> a whole new world a whole new world actually <laughs> it was so it was so um it's just an amazing experience like there was like you know some messiness along the way of course that has of to be here and there. yeah yeah but the people that i have met and the friends that i've made on the internet will lie lifelong friends and yeah. to this day like some of them are closer to me than the friends that i i oh have in my real God. life you know the I, friends that i have 100%. that i've met in person you know what i mean like they like i i would something happens i'll hit them up first because i know that they are team hafsa yeah. or i know that they like we we vibe on a level you know what yeah. i mean so it's just i think a lot of it is a learning curve a lot of it is things that you have to adapt to a lot of it is like you choosing to open your mind yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like, there's points in your life where you can't help but be closed off, mm-hmm. and then I'm not gonna say something happens, but like you get to a point where you start to realize, hey, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Is it that serious? Like, what's going on? People need their own little moments of enlightenment. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So maybe you can help people get to that point. Maybe you can't, but people will get to that point on their own. And once they do, oof. It's amazing. It really is. I feel like when you're in that situation of like having people saying those things to you, when you're really passionate about something, it will make you want to do it more. Yeah. It'll make you want to like succeed more and like prove everyone wrong, prove yourself wrong. Because you'll definitely have doubts. Like I definitely, definitely had doubts like when starting this podcast. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Why not? (laughs) Who cares? You know? And like I do have people who say weird things to me and I'm like, okay, you do you. Like, but you know what's so interesting about all of this like um i love it when people expose their true colors <laughs> like i just love it like when you you know when you when you go on a venture like this and you realize like what kind of people are, are people that really love you mm-hmm. and support you and people that are just there for for a good time you know what i mean exactly. but what's that which is fair enough but what i what makes me sad like what kind of disappoints me and has this point where I'm like, I don't know why I put up with this for so long, is the bullshit that's in right in front of you, mm. you know? So, like, I remember growing up in the UAE, like, I moved there when I was a teenager, like, 15, 16. And, like, it, the culture there isn't a culture that you can really... Express yourself. Express yourself too much. You shouldn't... There's th- there's certain things you need to stay away from. There's certain things you don't need to speak about. Which is why I kind of get... I kind of understand why it's like such a party, have fun, live in the moment type culture. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. But one of the things that like used to irk my soul... Mm-hmm. And like I'm the kind of person the straw has to break my back. Like A lot of things have to build up for me to explode. So one of the things that really, really like was eating at me for the longest time... And I didn't realize until I finally blew up was the whole how do i say this the bullshit regarding the one umma thing Mm. like it's just so disappointing you grow up with this mentality like especially living in a western country like growing up in a western country you're taught we are one umma we're one people we're all the same we're all the same you know yeah muslimin yeah (laughs) all of that stuff and then you come to an environment where you think, oh my God, this is that environment. This is a safe space. This is going to be amazing, right? Yeah, I'm going to a Muslim country. I'm with my deception. people now. Deception. Actual deception. Deception. And it was just so upsetting. And it's not even, you know what? It wasn't like overt, like, oh my God, you nigger, like type racism. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that. 
it was just constant microaggressions 100%. and it was so draining to the point that i like i on and it was so like how do i say it? i don't want to say deceptive but like you could barely notice it mm-hmm. like, you could barely you have to really it. think like wait what what was that i know like you have times, to be aware do you know how many, how many times people come up to you and be like oh are you a maid do you have a friend oh, who's a maid is your sister a maid is your mom a maid imagine or oh, oh i don't know why that couple's together like she's obviously with him like when you see a interracial couple and yeah and like oh um obviously maybe it's the passport maybe she's with the passport because that's an obsession over there yeah or stuff like asians and arabs using the n-word casually and i'm just like you guys, this infuriates me it's but just so draining. let me ask you this when you moved so we both grew up in the west you you grew up in canada i grew up in england right you moved to the uae when you were 16 i moved to the uae when i was 10 Mm. right so when you were 16 and you moved there that means you definitely had some awareness of racism and like so when you moved to the uae and you experienced this microaggression that's going on were you aware to be honest a lot of the time no so for me personally like growing up in canada i led a very sheltered life um i lived in a predominantly multicultural area um i went to an islamic school yeah growing up and it was mostly like somali black um my parents were very particular about who my friends were mm-hmm. about who i hung out with so to be honest i didn't have that many racial experiences and i left as a kid yeah so i didn't really deal with the system too much for me to experience that much racism um and when i came to the uae um to be honest like there were some things that happened like my my high school specifically like every year i was in a different school so i didn't have that many chances to put down roots so my most of my experiences are from university because that's where i was for six years at mm-hmm. one period of time oh you studied uh uni in yeah UAE. i okay, went to okay. uni in the uae so i was doing my six years of university there and um that six years like is when i noticed that all these little microaggressions and things and i let so many things slide mm-hmm. honestly i let so Same. many things slide i allowed it because i'm like you know what they're good people they're being nice they don't mean it like that it's like it's, it's in their sub like i would i was trying to be that benevolent forgiving like it's just in their subconscious it's like you know it's, it's generational like they don't actually the mean any harm like yeah. i would i would make so many excuses for it mm-hmm. which was fair enough you could say that because maybe some of that's true like you know what a lot of the time when people say things like this especially in the emirates it's not from a place of evil but what what you need to understand is that if something hurts your friend or something hurts a Muslim in general, you should never use that. You should never use that kind of language. And every time, like my mind just goes back to that hadith about the Prophet ﷺ, when he was uh, sitting with Sahaba, and one Sahaba was like to Bilal, "You um, son of a black woman," mm-hmm. and the Prophet got upset. Like, how could you say that? And they're like, "But it's true. He is the son of a black woman." But it's about the connotation and what's behind it. Yes. And you know what's so funny about that? Like. The man who actually said it, the Sahaba who actually said it, was black himself. Oh, wow. Which is what's so mad about it. just shows you, like, the nuance, behind, the nuance behind it. Like, these things are so sensitive to the point that, like, for you to say, oh, we've been through these experiences together, or, you know, white people discriminate against me too, you know? Like, yeah. I'm Asian, I'm out of white people. They call me Sandinger or this or that. It doesn't matter. The idea that this could possibly, in some instance, in some universe, hurt somebody in any way... You shouldn't be using that language. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't even know. Like, wallahi, 
I feel like a lot of the time it was a it was a huge insensitivity on their part. There were so many times where maybe I could have dealt with it better, but there were so many times where, especially towards the last few years I was there, um, where I would be like, "You guys don't say that," or "That's okay. not acceptable to me," or "That's racist." Like I got known for calling everything racist because I was like, "That's racist. That's offensive. You shouldn't be doing this." Shit. Like they literally like to this day. Ha ha! So that's racist. Ha ha! Like that's that's a, that's shit that I get. Yeah, because I would always like towards and I kept calling people out so much, and I just got so fed up. I remember like my last year of uni, I got so fed up. I ditched everybody. Like exam season, like we have like a month long exam season. I yeah. just ditched everybody. I'm like, I'm not talking to none of y'all bitches. Like I'm yeah. out. <laughs> and I didn't give them any reason for it. I didn't tell it because I'm like I'm that kind of person. Like when I get upset and angry, like I'm like, you know what? deuces i'm out like peace like if yeah. that and that's only happened like two or three times in my entire life where mm-hmm. i'm that in my i'm gonna be 28 soon in my 28 year life that's happened like two or three times so it's just like i don't i don't have the energy i don't think that like as much as i tried it didn't work for me mm-hmm. and um because of that i think it played a huge role in my belief now that it's not my responsibility Mm. it's not my responsibility to teach you it's not my responsibility to educate you like i'm gonna live out here we're gonna have a nice platonic relationship where we just you know chill very superficial very shallow shallow but i know at the end of the day unless you prove it to me you're not for me or for my causes like you have to prove it i'm not wasting my time otherwise exactly i oh my god like literally everything you said i relate 100 percent and when I moved to the UAE, I was only 10, and a little 10-year-old girl, you know? Like, I felt it, you know? You feel these things. You feel like, oh, why are they treating me like that? Like, mm-hmm. what? And the thing is, I, I think I was so sheltered. I was so oblivious that I was just like, huh, I wonder why that they're talking about me in that way. I wonder why this. I wonder why that. And I kind of just completely shoved it under the rug. And most of my you know obviously i was in school there and up until high school up until grade 12 um and the majority of my friends were arabs right i I had did i have any black friends like i had like probably i could count them on one hand Mm -hmm. how many black friends i had relatable like i considered myself one of them yeah you know like we're all muslims we're all quote-unquote arabs you know that well that's what i considered myself then and i was just like there's so many situations that I was put in that they made me feel less and they made me feel different. They made me feel like I wasn't as superior as them. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in high school, these quote-unquote friends of mine used to call me like Zol and Zola and stuff like that. And I just would never really understand. Like, I'd get so angry. I'd get so, so, so angry. Like, why are they calling me that? Because it's not the fact that you're calling me a Zor or a Zola. What's the background of that word? See, the definition of Zol is a man in Sudanese, right? So when somebody else uses it who is not Sudanese, and this has always been the case, it's in a derogatory manner. Mm. It means that you're one of them, basically. Mm. It, a lot of people actually, I've seen this, have said... Calling someone a Zol is the same thing as calling someone a nigger, right? I 100% don't agree with this because I feel like... That's a bit dramatic. That That's a very dramatic. Mm. I think the word, the N-word has such, such, such a deeper meaning. It was created by the white man, you know? Mm. It's used in way, way worse contexts. Like, the history is so much worse. 
Zol is just a word that we use to call each other mm. or to um, to call a man or a woman. And as long as I have lived in the UAE, if anyone is to call me a Zol or a Zola, it was always in a negative way. Mm. It was always like, oh, a Zola D, oh, come here. And I've had Sudanese people in my school that have actually had physical fights with people because of this. My brother even, I remember, like, <laughs> some, I, I don't Jeez. remember who the guy was where he was from but he was Arab and this Arab guy called him a Zul and he you know he, he threw him. fists yeah. yeah he threw his fist like he was like you're not gonna call me that not because of like what he said but because of how he said it and what he meant by the connotation behind it do you know it. what's so interesting about this I didn't know any of this really I never knew that I actually never do you know there was a guy oh my god I still laugh about this we used to call him Spider-Man Zul really because <laughs> my friend saw him one time like jump over like some stairs or whatever in like, a Sudanese. dramatic way and he's Sudanese yeah. and, and it was a, it was a joke between us like Sudanese and Somali kids like I yeah. didn't think it was that serious and nobody ever it said anything about it it depends who says it though yeah. if you're a Somali who's saying I wouldn't get offended I don't yeah. think personally mm-hmm. maybe other Sudanese people would I don't know but if an Arab says it it's a whole different world you know but you know what can we just add to the, at this point like when it comes to discrimination in the Emirates, again, in, in the Khalid in general, there's so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be frank, we weren't the worst off. Yes. Oh, we a thousand percent weren't the worst off. A, yes, we were black, but we were East African, and we had a proximity to Arabness. Mm-hmm. You being Sudanese, me being Somali, they consider Somalis Arab too, there, yeah. which is quite bizarre to me, <laughs> whatever. And on top of that, we were East African. Yeah. So for them, we were more acceptable black people. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we had Western passports. Yes. Which is a whole other discussion. <laughs> Let's not even go into that about the hierarchy of passports in the yeah. Emirates. And then on top of that, like, let's be honest, West Africans, non-Muslims that are that are um, people of color, and Asians were treated way worse. Horribly. Way worse. Like actual, like they there was death involved. I mm-hmm. know we're just talking about like you know, microaggressions and, and like, um, a microscopic type of racism, whereas they're dealing with actual, like, bodily harm. Yeah. So let's put that up, let's put that on the table out there right now. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this other type of racism. And you know what? We're not saying they're all equal, but we're saying that it, ex- it exists and it needs to be understood and it needs to be talked about and it needs to be brought to the light. Because it's not, just because something worse is going off in the world or wor- something horrible is happening in the world doesn't mean, and, and that's, crazy horrible it doesn't mean you have to ignore everything else exactly happening. and i feel like there's something that we need to talk about because like as somebody who's had conversations like these with arabs they get so 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 defensive mm-hmm. and they're so and sometimes i'm like are they unaware are they oblivious are they turning a blind eye like what are it's you guilt. doing i was telling you before this is guilt this is literally like this is how you respond when you feel unless you're a sociopath Mm-hmm. And that doesn't care about anything. Yes. When you when when you feel guilty, you either lash out or you deal with the problem. And this is them lashing out and being defensive about it. They know there's some truth to it, and rather than doing the right thing and behaving in a proper manner and, and apologizing and acknowledging yeah. and realizing their privilege, they're out here saying what everything that you're talking about is a lie. And oh my God, this reminds me of that video I was telling you about earlier. The Afwa Afwa what's name Afwa Hirsch. Oh yeah. Um, basically, she was on like a uh, it was this British um, yeah show, talk show on, on, on Sky TV or something like that, and they were talking about the um, the guy, the Danny Baker guy who uh, posted a tweet 
with a picture of Meghan Merkel, of like what's supposed to be like Meghan Merkel, Harry, and their child, mm-hmm. and the child's a monkey, a chimpanzee. Yeah. yeah. And she was talking about how that's overtly racist. It's, it's, it's just racist. Yeah. And they were trying to downplay everything she was saying. Like, oh, he didn't mean it that way. Obviously, it's about classism. It's about this. Do you know how upsetting? Like, well, I, I related to her in that moment so bad. Because every single time I bring up race or I brought up race, it was like, you're being dramatic. You're being mm. extra hafsa. You know that's oh not what we meant. You know that's not what it means. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just... Ugh, it's so tiresome. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. That's why I don't bother anymore. That's why I don't like. I, I'm very picky with my friends now, and I don't waste my time. Oh my god, a hundred percent. Like after I had those experiences, and I feel like I was so unaware of what was going on so many times. And I, unlike you, I didn't call people out when I was in high school, and I had all these friends and these people. To be fair, this. I call, I started calling people out way late, like when, in that towards the end of university. So like really? by the time I was like twenty four. 23 22 why do you think it took you so long like why is it that we're we're not aware like we're 18 year olds in school again that's the key word we're 18 year olds in school like you're still a youth you're still like a child you're still like looking for acceptance and to make friends like i once i got comfortable was when i was like you know what this isn't fine with me and you get comfortable in your own skin exactly it's a level of maturity that you develop like I feel like like all the experience this is why like I think I really call 18 year olds youths I really call 19 year old children like to me that to me they are because you develop like life life gives you experiences that you deal with and turn you into a different type of person right and I think sometimes for the better sometimes for the worse but they give you a level of maturity they give you a level of understanding of how the world is right whereas when you're younger you're completely naive right so i feel like and 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 you also figure out your self-worth and who you are as a person like it's so important in like this is why i tell people go to university regardless or Mm. go and experience the world regardless when you're young because it just teaches you who you are as a person and i feel like all those years it was me developing as a human Mm-hmm. And me becoming my own person, my own self, figuring out what I was, what kind of person I was, what I was okay with, what I thought was acceptable. And when I got to that point, I'm still growing, alhamdulillah, but yeah. like, I got to a point where I was like, that's not okay with me. Yeah. And that point, I never would have got there at 18. I never would have yeah, got there yeah, at 18. Yeah, you're 100%. It took me time. Right. And yeah. it's 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 a it's a matter of the environment that you live in. It's a matter of um, what you're exposed to, all of that. But I felt like one of the the best outlets for me. I think that's why I, at that point in my life, like towards the end of uni, um, by the time I graduated, when I realized that I wasn't getting what I needed from my actual people around me, is when I turned to social media mm. and I started making internet friends and I seeked that out specifically because I realized that you know what, the UAE being as restrictive as it was and being as, like, I wasn't being exposed to the people that I wanted to be exposed to. I was like, I need another outlet. I need another way to find people. And the internet was my path. Mm. And alhamdulillah, it turned out for the best. Alhamdulillah, for real. Yeah. I, I, You're actually right. Like, thinking of it now and thinking when I was 18, till today, I feel like I have an identity crisis. Like, <laughs> I really don't know where I belong, where is home? Because, like, I grew up here half my life in England, 10 years. Then I grew up uh, 12 years in the UAE. And then I moved back to England, you know? And, like, I've been exposed to... I've had friends who are Arabs who were the majority of my life in the UAE. And then now here, I'm... When I... Actually, in university, I started having, like, 
um, Sudanese friends, which I never had before. I never, ever, ever had Sudanese friends. How do you friends. not have Sudanese friends I'm in UAE? Telling, I didn't. I really, I told you, I, I, I was so submerged in my own little bubble of like private schools and all the private schools where there wasn't many Sudanese people. Yeah. There were majority of them were like Arabs, just like Lebanese, um, Palestinian, Syrian, Shami um, people, basically. Yeah. Uh, there was maybe a few Sudanese, like three, four Sudanese that I knew from other private schools and stuff. Yeah. That's it. Like we, we weren't many and I didn't have any that were my close friends until uni. But you know what's so interesting? Let's talk about the concept of home. Because that's something I also battled with a lot. Yeah. Because you, you've you been dealing with the UAE and the UK. I've, I'm in the UK. I'm Canadian. <laughs> I live in the UAE. I'm Somali as well. Like, the whole concept of home is so... Oh, my God. Like, it took me so long, like... I had this I was constantly dealing with this battle of where do I want to live where do I want to be like I feel at home when I'm in Canada I feel homesick for the UAE sometimes I'm feeling comfortable in the UK now what about Somalia that's my ancestral home mm-hmm. like it's just it's just constant like where do I want to be when I grow up yeah because I'm still not grown <laughs> <laughs> we're never grown <laughs> I'm still not grown I'm growing up now but I'm always like where do I want to live when I grow up and it took me so long like I, I feel like it's a constantly evolving like idea and concept to me like i'm i'm, I'm ne- i've never fully accepted anything like i was at a point where i was like i'm whatever i do i'm going back to canada and then i was like you know what the uk is kind of cute i might settle here yeah. and then i was like you know what you know this western life isn't for me i'm moving back to africa <laughs> <laughs> like even like right now i'm in my africa phase i'm like i'm moving back to africa this is just too much for me i like i need to relax. i need my people <laughs> I, need my, I, need my, I need my people around me I, by the way even that whole concept of i need my people that's also problematic because yeah. when I go to Somalia, they don't you recognize me. Nah, you're not one of them. They're like, who are you? You're not one of us. It's just like, oh my god. But I was like, but I'm con- like, I'm I'm actually like seriously contemplating living in Africa, not, not necessarily Somalia itself, but like different parts of Africa, mm. moving back there, and this whole idea of I think globalization really helped, but. I feel like the world, like right now, we're, like my mom always says this. She's like, whenever we tell her, like, Hoya, what do you want to, Hoya means mom and so on. Like, Hoya, where do you want to live? What do you want to do? Da, da, da. I think it's just the nomad in us. We're just wandersome. Like, someone yeah. like, to be, especially where I'm from, we're known to be nomads. We're just wandersome people. But my mom was always like, like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, the world is my home. Like, wherever I go and I feel comfortable and I feel happy and I feel my people and I can hear my adhan, mm. I'm happy to be there, right? So, oh, bless her. yeah. So, all of us were just like, I think. We're at a point in our lives where, like me personally anyways, I'm at a point in my life where it's it's very flexible for me. Like where I decide to choose home. For me, people are home. Mm. And like when, like right now, Toronto's home for me because that's where my mom and my siblings are. Mm-hmm. So whenever I, whenever I say I'm going back home, I mean I'm going back to Toronto. If my family moves to back to the Emirates, that's going to be home for me. If my family moves here, that's home for me. Like that's more important to me. Than actual than an actual physical place. Yeah, you get me. Yeah, yeah, I hundred percent. Like I, I used to do poetry actually. I used to do, like spoken word and perform. And I remember. Oh, you were like, that girl. I was ah! that girl. <laughs> spoken word hurts my soul. Listen, I, I was in the past. <laughs> I left that in the past. It was a good time when it happened, but good time, not for a long time. <laughs> we moved on to podcasting, you know. <laughs> No, I want to see your concept. Maybe you're good because you know the only reason why it hurts my soul because sometimes people are just so bad. Some people are so cringe. They're so cringe. And a lot of the times it's not actual poetry. Like I think it's just yelling into a mic. Yeah, 
that's that's the problem. I feel like people use it as like just to talk sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I one time I hosted a this is so off tangent, but anyway, I po- I hosted the open mic event and some girls came and they just started talking into the mic and they were just talking. And I'm like, girl, is this therapy? Like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> I mean, talk. I let them do what they wanted to do, but it was a spoken word event. Yeah. Anyways, so I used to do spoken word back in the day and I wrote a poem about how I don't know where my home is and is my home UAE? Is my home England? You know, is my home Sudan? Because I, I go to Sudan every year you know if not multiple times and i have all my cousins there my grandma and like i have so many so much family over there who are really really close to me but my immediate family live in the uae and some of them are actually here in the in the uk like my brothers live here so at the end of the poem i kind of get to this point where it's just like home isn't even the land anymore to me like i've put home in the hearts of those who i love you know so give me a land Give me all the people I love. Let me put them all there and that'll be my home. Oh, I used to dream about that. That you know, would be so, perfect scenario. I know. I actually used to genuinely be like, oh, I wish I could like hand pick people and put them all in one place. And it would be so much fun. I know. It would be so much fun. I think I, that's, that's one of my uh, biggest problems in the UAE. Because there were so many people. Like I had my immediate family. Yeah. But for me, like all of like my cousins and my friends and all that stuff i'm like oh i wish they were all here with me yeah you know what i mean that's why sometimes i kind of envy people who never leave a place i 100 percent envy them i guess you're in, so I'm like, you're you in have... long distance relationships with everyone exactly <laughs> it's so much work and so oh my god and like not seeing people's faces sometimes it's just so yeah it's just, just a hassle and you and miss like, out on so much like important events and... yeah it's just ugh. like the amount of time zones i have on my phone <laughs> like just to check like can i call this person now or no uh, you know what's worse i'm not even a caller like i'm really? not a caller or a texter i feel really bad about that i used to feel really bad you're about an that. in-person person i'm an in-person person so i used to feel really guilty because um i've known who left yeah and then there's all these people to stay in touch with but i just never like i'm not a caller or a texter or an emailer like back in my day when i left when i abandoned folk <laughs> it was all about the email <laughs> and messenger MSN. so I, I i just never was that person yeah and i used to feel guilty about it but then i was like why should i feel guilty about it because i felt like oh it's, it's just a complicated way of thinking it's so dramatic but i feel like i owed people like owed people kind of yeah but like I, you weren't doing because you wanted to you felt like you had to i, I would feel good to make we're friends i should message yeah. but then i later on i was like how's that it, it they ain't messaging you so. yeah yeah it's it's no way you, so why 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 why, why, why are you stressed <laughs> but then at the same time i mean people would be like how we met and you never messaged me i'm like bitch you never messaged me <laughs> so what do you mean <laughs> back off uh but um I mean, that's something I want to work on because yeah. just to be more communicative, I'm just not a, that, that big of a communicative person. I mean, how many times do we text? Oh, we meet. <laughs> we that's always it. hang up in person and that's we have it. the best time, but I'm just not a texter. I yeah. Just, I cannot. And I've told everybody that. Like, I'm like, you guys, listen, I swear to God, my own mother, <laughs> my own mother calls me before I call her. Okay. So it's, just, it's nothing against you. It's yeah. just, it doesn't even cross my mind. But Alhamdulillah, like I've gotten that guilt out of my system because I would feel so guilty yeah and i got all out of my stomach there's no absolutely no reason to feel guilty about this it's not necessary i wanted to say something about home yes um when i was in the uae i definitely felt like i wanted to be arab right Mm. like uh when i had that crisis i'm like i don't know where i'm from i don't know what feels like home like when i was around all these arabs i definitely felt like oh my god you know accept me 
And I would get so, so, so upset when someone would say Sudanese people are not Arabs. You right. know what's so funny? I never, ever, ever heard anybody say that in the UAE. Ever. People used to fight me and tell me I'm Arab. Uh, by and I was like, fam, <laughs> a quick Wikipedia search. And you'll know what we are. I've never, ever heard, like, even till now, like, I've never, like, in my mind, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't want to offend. But until now, like, low-key in my mind, I think Sudanese people as Afro-Arab. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so, and, I, and I know people, like, till today, they'll fight me. They'll be like, so we're not Afro-Arab. I 100%. Can you explain to me that whole concept of Afro-Arab versus non-Afro-Arab? See, Sudan is one of the most diverse cities. Uh, city? Is it a city? <laughs> <laughs> the most diverse countries in the world. Like, you will have people from different tribes. Every tribe originates from a different place. Some people are truly, purely African. Some people have the Afro-Arabian um, roots in them. I personally, I do have Arabian roots. I know that because I've researched my own heritage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... But there is this debate that's constantly in Sudan of like, oh, are we Arab? Are we African? Are we this? Are but we you know that? what's so interesting about being Arab is that Arab isn't just an ethnicity. You kind of become like there's the whole becoming Arab. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you can either even like when you go to Arab countries, for instance, if you go up north to like Lebanon and Syria and Palestine, if you go back a couple of generations. Trust they're not uh, Arab, Arab, Arab. Yeah. Like, they're actually, maybe they have Turkish roots or Eastern European roots yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. Russian. Like, something else is going on there, right? So, you like, Arab, being Arab is one of those things that it's not, it's not an ethnicity. Arab is not an, ethnic, it's not an ethnic group. Mm -hmm. It's more of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An origin? Like, yeah. uh, something, that, something, something that you could actually become. Yeah. And Sudanese people, even the ones that maybe they're completely, like, um maybe one percent out of like arab blood in them like a drop of arab blood in them but they speak arabic the culture is there i would have thought okay that's arabized yeah right the thing is there are different types of arabs i've been like trying to research this like actually like what are we what are arabs what i found out and what i've noticed from like genealogy and all that is that there's actually different types of arabs mm -hmm. um there's the true 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 arabs who most people are not even even yeah. the Arabs from yeah. now in the Sham are not. Forget about true them. Arabs. If you go to the Emirates, okay, and you look at people, they they have they 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 very much separate what they think are true Arab and what they think are non, like people that come from um, originally from Iran, yeah, or other country or other countries and whatnot who become Emirati, who have gotten the culture. Technically, they're Arab, yeah, like paperwork wise, but people still like you know class them as different, but. They've become Arab. Yeah. So the same way, like over years, if people people like that that lived in that land that intermarry, that come generations and generations later on, yeah. What are you gonna get? Exactly. I feel like a lot of people nowadays in Sudan, especially, and I know people are gonna fight me on saying <laughs> this, but I think that, and I even had a phase of um, this is that we try and separate ourselves from Arabs because when you get to that point that point of awareness you're like these Arabs are racist man like I've experienced so much racism that I was unaware of and they're they're so colorist and they're so this and they're so that that you don't even want to associate with them you're like screw but that I'm not even Arab but you know what's so mad like a lot of that those things that you said right now are ingrained within Sudanese culture mm -hmm. like how many times have my Sudanese friends told me about 
the bullshit and nonsense they get from family and friends. One million percent. Exact, it's literally the exact same shit we're dealing with from our... Because that shit's inherited. Yeah. Because that, like, that one little 20% Arab that's in you has, subhanAllah, like, changed your culture and your beliefs so drastically. And you know what's so funny? That reminds me a lot of um, this whole narrative of pushing away the Arab that's, like... To completely disassociate from it, it brings it reminds me of like that whole American and African American situation. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, you're still black in America, right? You're still African in America, but you're still American. Mm-hmm. You can't ignore that. You can't deny that, right? So yes, unfortunately, like Arabs colonized Sudan and they did all that bullshit in Sudan, and some of them forcefully, some of them aggressively, some of them not so much so. Sometimes you know, whatever happened, whatever happened. Um, but at the same time, like, you can't deny those roots. That's, that's one of the things that, that gets to me, is, like, to completely deny what you are is a disservice to yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not here to lecture to these people. I'm not here to lecture Let me just bounce and not, and not like, <laughs> and not get attacked today. But, um, I'm just saying, like, I think it's just so important to understand what your heritage is and to learn from that and yeah. to be like, hey, this happened. It sucks that it happened, but it's part of who I am. Yeah. And, you know, subhanAllah, like, we move. Yeah, exactly. We, we move. move. You embrace it and you move. Probably. No, but you know what's so mad about that? You're all 100% African because you are from the continent of Africa. Exactly. It doesn't matter what you're... Like, if, okay, I'll give you another example. There's a whole city in Ethiopia called Harar. Yeah. You know about Haradis, the origins, yeah. right? Hararis, yeah. like, they have, like, Yemeni in them. They have yeah. whatever in them. They're still Ethiopian. Yeah. They're still black. They're still African. It doesn't take. Away I don't from understand it. why this whole belief and concept of um, us saying we're Afro Arab or no under or believing that this Afro Arabness negates the African in us. No, yeah. it does not. You're just as African as the rest of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make. I get so annoyed about that because it reminds me of like you know even us Somalis being like if you if you any Somali who's done a um, DNA test or whatever we are a thousand percent. Nor- from Horn of Africa, Somali. Most of us have barely mixed with anybody else. Like it's it's a fact. If you meet a Somali, they're ninety eight percent Somali. Like maybe yeah. one one percent somewhere else, but ninety eight percent Somali, um, ethnic ethnicity wise, because that's an ethnic group, right? And we're Kashitic, right? But you have people like a lot of oh my god, and I, and I don't know understand. I don't understand. I feel like this is a lot of white bullshit that has been planted in our minds. <laughs> but a lot of people that are West African or South African, they will be like they will other us be like mm-hmm. oh you guys are actually african or uh, you guys are actually Arab, or you guys are mixed with white or bullshit like that which doesn't make any sense because we're not the only ones and i think that has a lot to do with also the fact that we're muslim and we're visibly muslim because they don't say that bullshit about ethiopians somalis and ethiopians yeah. are very similar yeah somalis ethiopians eritreans Djiboutians, like we all have like we're all kashitic so we all have like we, we kind of come from the same gene pool sort of and then we branch out into different ethnic groups Ethiopia has like a thousand ethnic groups themselves but Somalia yeah. we're kind of homogenous in that we're Somali so we all kind of look kind of similar but you'll never ever hear somebody say to an Ethiopian you're not really you're mixed yeah or you're not really Ethiopian or sorry you're not really African you'll always hear that say, say that to Somali people and that's I think I really think it's because of the proximity to Arabness that we also have because we're Muslim which is mad to me. Like, how can you associate Islam with just Arab? Yeah. Considering the fact that they are a minority amongst Muslims. Yes. That is actually so true. Yeah, yeah, It's beyond... That's why I'm just like, listen, guys. Your identity is your identity. Your identity is what you know it to be. Yeah. Do not let anybody else dictate that. That's the number one most important thing. 
do your research, find out who you are, but be honest and true with yourself. Yeah. And just then embrace it. Move on. Halas. Move on. Exactly. <laughs> like I started, I had this experience. We were sitting in the um like the what's it called? The mess? The cafeteria? It wasn't even the cafeteria, it was just like the lounge. The lounge the outside spot. area. Yeah. It was messy. Anyways. Um, and this guy passed by and I don't remember what, why I triggered him or what I said, or I don't think I even said anything. Um, but it was my brother, my friend's brother and he passed by and he was just like, um, <gasps> so obviously if you don't know what that means, that means nigger in the, with a hard R in, <laughs> in Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> like oh I don't know but any cuss word in Arabic is so much worse and especially that word like that's a like Abd is a really really do you know what do you know what else like I low-key get triggered that people call Somalis because you know every other Somali boy is called Abdi something yeah like Abdullahi Abd yeah. Abd something like that and they call him Abd and they call him Abdi and I'm just like looking like they're calling you slave like, <laughs> you're allowing this <laughs> <laughs> anyway so what happened I everyone started laughing. <gasps> Can you believe it? Uh, everyone you know started laughing, and my friend, oh who, my who, who, who the guy was her brother, yeah. she was just like, "What can I do?" Huh? You know, she kind of shrugged it off. And I, I remember me and my my friend, who's still my best friend till today, we got up and we went to him. We're like, "You can't say that shit." Should have beefed him. He was a kid though. Imagine. Wait, he was younger than you? Yeah, he was much younger than me. Like, I think I was probably maybe grade 10, 11, and he was maybe grade 8 or 9. Oh I'm like, imagine. I still would have been shit out of him. I still would have been shit out of him. <laughs> I, I was so, so angry. And, like, I was trying to make him understand that you can't say that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so racist. And they just don't get it. They're just like, okay, but that's what you are. Oh, my you get God. me. But, uh, alhamdulillah, I have grown out of that wanting to be Arab phase. I've grown out of that not wanting to be Arab phase. <laughs> I've just embraced who I am. And it's just like, I feel like a lot of Sudanese people and a lot of, you know, Africans in general have to get to that point where it's just like, it, just because you may have some Arab roots yeah. doesn't mean that it's all that you are. Exactly. You're so much more. You know... Let's conclude this because we've been going on for like ages <laughs> and this is supposed to be a 45 minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going up to an hour. Oh my God. But um, just to summarize, what, what, would your, what, what do you want your last words to be for today? What I want my last words to be. So the main kind of narrative of this episode was definitely to bring some light for Arabs. Like for you Arabs listening, please just don't. Do you don't think they are listening? Because my air friends still don't listen to my podcast. It's to one or two episodes. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I but mean, to them, to them, if you are listening, don't take this and be angry and be defensive. I feel like the first step of like progress and uh, improvement is kind of just acknowledging. Sometimes we do have these um, racist what do you call them inclinations inclinations subconscious thoughts subconscious to be honest we all do like I'm, all we're of not us. we're not trying to be angels here the two of us like mm. everybody has their own little um level of discrimination against certain groups that's that's 100 percent facts but you have to acknowledge that realize that that's there and work for it to be better like if somebody calls you out on it 
be like, okay, I'm so sorry that, that I said that. I, I honestly like don't mean it in this way and I'm going to make sure that it never happens again. Yeah, it's not hard. Yeah. It's not hard at all. It's not every day be defensive and every day be angry. and It's it's like you were telling me earlier. It's not an Arab thing that they want to be defensive. It's all people who are in the wrong yeah. have this um, guilt that they... The easiest thing to do is just be like, no, 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 That's not me. That's not what I was saying. da, da, da. da just take ownership of it and do something positive about it be that person that's like hey yeah like maybe what i did say is wrong and maybe i do have some like subconscious discrimination because like you said we all do to an extent Mm -hmm. and take initiative to you know make that change whoops (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, but um um my what the way i'd like to conclude is um this is more for my um, people out there in these streets struggling, trying to figure out who they are, mm. where they are, what they're doing. Enjoy the ride, man. True. Take uh, take the chance, take the opportunity, take every opportunity out there in front of you. Take that internship in Costa Rica. Take that um, elective in that random major that has nothing to do with your major, you know? <laughs> yeah. Go out here, meet new people, find new people, grow. growth is the most important thing if you don't grow as an individual if you're trapped in your little 18 year old 16 year old mind as a grown-ass adult it's one of the saddest things ever it's not fun for anybody and it's not fun for you either you Mm -hmm. know be a more wholesome learn to be a more wholesome accept being a more wholesome individual you know and move on exactly and you never know you might find your home in costa rico (laughs) costa rica (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you're me. I only said that because my sister's doing an internship there. Really? <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, thank you so much, Hafsa, for being on this episode. You're welcome, sis. And uh, yeah, they can find you on Spotify, SoundCloud. Yes, so um, you can find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, um, Apple Music, Apple Podcast Apps, Comcast Apps, all that podcast apps. Um, and it is called The Abwan Chronicles Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, um, Abwan at Abwan Podcast. Um, you can also email us, abwanchronicles at gmail.com. And you can send us Curious Cat questions. Oh, cute. That's a good it's, idea. Yeah, curiouscat.me, I think, slash forward slash Abwan Podcast. Okay, amazing. And if you have any feedback to anything we said here, I mean, if you agree, if you disagree, I mean... That's the whole point of this open discussion. Let's talk about it. Um, And yeah, let us know your thoughts. And thanks for listening. Bye.